Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm thankful that it's not a one-sided relationship, aren't you? Amen. We feel as though in right and in truth pursuing the Lord, but I feel there's an equal pursuit of the Lord. Amen. It's an ebb and flow, and I'm thankful for that today. What a beautiful presence of the Lord. Amen. We can just enjoy what the Lord is not only has already done, but what he will do in our presence if we'll just stay in touch and in tune with him. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in John 14 and 6. And then I'm going to read a passage from Matthew 7. And I'm going to take just a few minutes today to allow the Lord to touch our hearts one more time. Thank you, Brother Rayleigh. Yes. Amen. Always enjoy what the Lord gives him to share with us. The book of John, chapter 14, and verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We look now at Matthew 7 and 13. The scripture says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today with the help of the Lord, And uh, with your help today, I want to speak from this subject, the simplicity of Jesus. Amen. The simplicity of Jesus. I don't want to sound disrespectful at all, but I think sometimes we make living for the Lord sound like such a difficult thing when in truth it's the easiest thing that you'll ever do. Amen. Walking and sitting on the fence, that's the most uncomfortable thing that you'll do. Amen. Let's just pray over the word. There's been a great spirit. Let's just pray over the word and ask God to touch this to our heart here this morning. Lord, I love you and I appreciate the opportunity that you have given me again to not only preach the word, but God, I feel in my heart a great appreciation to be able to preach the word to this particular congregation. And I ask you to let the power of this word Find a resting place in our heart today. Challenge us and change us, God, as we talk about and consider, Lord, the simplicity of you and who you are and what you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And 
You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. The book of John 14 and 6 from where we are reading today, Jesus is actually responding to a question that has been posed by Thomas. Thomas asked a question that I think is important. It deserved an answer. Thomas asked sincerely, how can we know the way? This is in the previous verse. How can we know the way? And so Jesus answered that question in a fashion that quite honestly leaves no doubt. His straightforward approach in just saying, I think we'll just go ahead and deal with this in its totality right now. Jesus took a straightforward approach revealing who he really was then and still is today. Amen, let me say that part again. He's talking about who he was then, but I want you to know he is still that today. Amen. So he said, I am the way. I am the way. During the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, of course, many people followed him uh, in great part because of all the miracles and the signs and the wonders that were happening in the ministry of the Lord. Back then, as it is today, as long as the benefits are flowing, the people are following. And we have watched this not just in biblical times, but and not just in our own history, but uh, we, have, we have watched pockets of this. Perhaps some of you here this morning can uh, look back in time and remember when it seemingly pockets of revival would break out across the country and people would just go, flocking to that particular spot because they want that blessing or they want that whatever they feel like is gonna be poured out upon them there. And I'm not speaking against that, but there's more to the Lord than just those sorts of things. Amen. So as long as the benefits are flowing, people are following and they're pursuing after those things. People of that day, much like people of this day, wanna be touched of the Lord. One instance, the people were gathered around him so closely that in order for one woman in particular to receive her healing, she had to press through the crowd. And the Bible says that at the point of merely touching the hem of his garment or the border of his garment, in that instant, she was healed of a disease. Not only was this a significant moment in time, and not only was this a significant miracle, but I think it's also important to remember that the scripture clearly defines that she had spent all she had on physicians to try to cure or help her in this. And so she had given all. She had depleted herself, her savings, and then she reaches through, touches the hem of his garment, and in that moment of time, she is healed People love the blessings of the Lord and being in the presence of the Lord. And to be honest with you, every one of us today in this building and beyond love the benefits and the blessings that come with being in the presence of the Lord. I can tell you there's a selfish side of me today that has just enjoyed being in the presence of the Lord. I've just taken a little extra time in this service to just sit down on the front row and, and just kind of get lost in the word and the worship. I just needed to be in the presence of the Lord. I enjoy that. Amen. The way is attractive. Even from a distance, the way is attractive. I believe 
however, in a genuine apostolic service where the power of the Lord is unrestricted and we are uh, allowed, not only allowed, but we are, we are commissioned, amen, and we are prompted to let's worship and let's praise and let's move ourselves and even our own agendas out of the way. I believe in that kind of an atmosphere that we should all feel the edges or we should all feel the hem of his garment. We should touch him and something should happen in our lives. <clears throat> Whether there was an outward demonstration of that or not, I believe that in an atmosphere like we have felt from the very onset, Amen. I realize that some of our Sunday school and others have joined us a little late in the service, in our second service, but I just want to let you know who were not here in our first service that at the very first note of the very first song, amen, there was a palatable spirit and presence of the Lord and people were in the aisle and they were worshiping the Lord before our first Bible lesson even began. Amen, in, in the presence of the Lord, in this kind of atmosphere, we ought to feel the presence of the hymn of his garment, if you please. And that ought to speak to us about what God is wanting to do, not just in that moment, but in the moments to come. Amen. In John, in John chapter six, however, Jesus began to filter out those who were just kind of caught up in the fishes and the loaves. Amen. Because now the world is getting a little more real. Amen. I don't want to uh, I don't want to conjure up any bad memories here or anything and I don't want you to take this too far, but every married couple remembers when the honeymoon season kind of ended. And life just started kind of settling in one feather at a time. I don't think it has to end forever and be gone permanently. I'm not suggesting that at all. But it just gets a little more real. <laughs> See, prior to that, most every time you saw one another, every hair is in place. Everything is just right. Amen. You didn't know that's what they were going to look like first thing in the morning. Before they met a comb or a brush, etc. I'm going to move on here. Amen. But Jesus began to filter out the fishes and the loaves kind of people when they realized that there's some things that we may have to go through some bridges that we may have to cross. There's some commitments that we may have to kind of ally ourselves with. And so in John 6, 62, he said, what, and, and, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, is it the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh that profit, the flesh profiteth nothing? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Verse 66, pivotal point, pivotal point. Amen, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Amen, the day that we're no longer having the cookout the day the signs and the miracles and the wonders, the day that they're no longer singing our praises because we came into town. Amen, they began to turn around and they walked no more with him. Here's how Jesus courageously handled that. He looked at his own disciples in verse 67. He said unto the 12, will you go also go away? Thank God 
Thank God, thank God for Simon Peter who rarely had to clear his throat. Sometimes that got him in trouble, but sometimes he was able to clear everything right up. Amen, Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We could say, I have no place else to go. What are you talking about? Amen, I have no place else to go. He wasn't saying we have no other tent or we have no other way to make a living. We have no other way to get in out of the weather. But he was saying, Lord, you are the way, the truth, the life. Amen, we have no place else to go. You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure, (laughs) amen, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What Simon Peter was saying with this kind of revelation, how could we turn and walk away realizing that thou art the Lord and the Christ. You are not just the breaker of bread. You are not just the multiplier of fish. You are not just the one that can turn water to wine or open blinded eyes, deaf ears or take the lame man from his cot or take a dead man out of their coffin. Amen. But we know that thou art the Christ and with this kind of revelation I have no place else to go can I tell you today when you know who Jesus is when you have the revelation of who he is you may think you can walk away and walk away from the way but I'm going to tell you today we must understand the simplicity and yet we must understand the seriousness of who Jesus is. I want to hold on. I, I understand. don't want to get ahead of myself, but I know I've been talking about this a lot now of the last several services, but I have felt impressed of the Lord to be in this vein, and I believe it's for a reason. There are some that are just going to come to the threshold, and as soon as they realize, amen, that they don't have enough truth or enough understanding to remain, they're going to try to find another way to go. But can I tell you, there's an outstretched arm this morning of a savior that says I want you to know the simplicity of who I am I am the way I am the way amen we must fall in love with the way praise God if we don't fall in love with the way we will never have enough strength to sustain us all the way on this journey you gotta fall in love with the way You know, people try to make a religion out of almost anything. But you've got to have a true religion or a true relationship, rather, with the Lord, a real relationship with the Lord. Amen, if you're, going to, you're, if you're going to be able and if I'm going to be able to live above the pool of sin, I'm going to have to have a real relationship with the Lord. Amen, I'll just use this as an example. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I mentioned the woman that touched the hem of his garment. What a marvelous, wonderful moment that was in her life. But you hear me this morning, you can't make a religion out of the hem of his garment. You need to fall in love with the man wearing the garment. Amen, we can't just fall in love with a portion of who he is. Amen, he may have, Brother Bobby asked a while ago how many has been healed for them to stand. I didn't turn around, but it seemed like to me that there were a great number of people in this building that were standing. And so if God healed you from whatever today, amen, healed you from some things perhaps that were something that's a common cold and for perhaps for others a terminal disease or illness that the Lord has healed you from and how we rejoice in that moment. But can I tell you, don't fall in love with your healing, but fall in in love with the healer. Our relationship can't be with what happened. 
Amen. Our relationship needs to be with who caused it to happen. Amen. Who caused that was the way. Amen. He is the way. And I want to fall in love with him. And when we walk through seasons when the way is not healing, he's still the way. When we walk through seasons where he is not breaking bread and fish and turning water to wine, I'm still in love with the way. I'm still in love with the way. Praise God. Amen. Jesus did, in fact, heal her. But can I tell you today, he's so much more than a healer. He's so much more than a healer. Peter realized that Jesus had words of eternal life. And so if he never healed again, I need to have a relationship with the way because he is the Christ and he has the words of eternal life. I want to hear those words and be firmly convinced that there, like Simon Peter said, there is no place else to go. Where would I go? Amen. Peter wasn't talking about being homeless. But he said, once you've tasted this, where are you going to go from here? Where are you going to go from here? He said, I am the way, the truth. This stage is where one realizes the importance of the word of God. John 17 and 17, the scripture says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples. When we walk into truth, it, it, truth just keeps getting bigger because when you walk in the truth, he leads you to more truth. And here's a layer of truth and you keep walking in that layer of truth and before you know it, you've discovered another layer of truth and another dimension of truth and another layer of God, another dimension of how true his word is and we become more and more and more convinced. And that is the difference and and just follow my analogy here or illustration that is the difference between someone who is young in the Lord and a crisis strikes in their heart their home, their life and they're not really sure what to do Amen. a spirit of anxiety wells up within them rightly so I'm not being uh, condemning in that Amen. but when somebody that's been walking with the Lord a long time and something comes their way I'm not telling you they're immune to fear or they're immune to anxiety or they're immune to worry but I'm going to tell you that because they have discovered so much of the truth of God's word and if he held me in this area he can hold me in this area if he held me when I was walking over here he can hold me when I was walking over there amen someone the other day told me you know brother Boyd I'm down to all I have is just God and he cleared his throat and he said but I can't think of a better place to be amen I can't think of a better place to be I have no one else to lean on. I have nowhere else to turn. I have nobody else to look to. I hear me today, and this man, not associated with this church, but this man was not just talking about an ingrown hair, but he's got a crisis in his life that if God doesn't intervene, it's all going to be over. But he said, I can't think of a better place to be than in the hands of the truth. I can't think of a better place to be than the arms of truth. Praise God. Praise God. We begin to get closer to what God has in store for us the closer we walk with him. In John 
3, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about the necessity of being born again. Whenever they were midway in their conversation, Nicodemus asked, how can these things be? That's a fair question. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. That what, that whosoever rather, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we find this now after explaining about the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit Jesus is showing that he must be lifted up. He is the one that ascends. He is the one that descends. He is God within us. And so the more truth, the more glorious Jesus Christ becomes. Amen. Because the way leads us to the truth. And truth just leads us to more truth. Amen. I'm preaching to people that have lived this. You're not staring at me. We staring at me with a look of bewilderment in your eyes. But as you begin to walk with the Lord, what you didn't understand, what you didn't have all ironed out, the Lord just began to open your eyes little by little, one sermon, one service at a time, whatever it may have been. And then he said he was finally the life. And so here's where, here's where we have the opportunity now to just lean in. I think it really matters where we find ourselves in context of the kingdom of God and I think the, a good portion of the kingdom of God is represented and played out through the local church. I understand that we have people at different levels in their walk and relationship with God and, and so I, I acknowledge that today. But at the same time, we have... Even with people that have known the Lord for a long time, we have people that are still walking right on the edge. They're just way out here, kind of not really committed, just just around the edge. Peripheral people that are just there. They enjoy the songs. They enjoy what they feel and enjoy the worship. And then we've got some that are a little bit closer, kind of in the middle. And then perhaps not as many as you may think are operating in that core. Now Jesus only had 12 and one of those didn't turn out so well. Of the good 11, three of those, Peter, James, and John was that core. I'm not talking about respecters of persons or a good old boy club, but I'm just talking about those that were passionately connected they didn't want to take a chance on any distance being between them and their savior amen it was these three that core that went up with him to the mount of transfiguration 
they went into Jairus' house when her daughter was healed. But even of that three, Peter, James, and John, amen, John was chosen. Amen, John was loved. There was a marked relationship with Jesus and John. I think you Bible readers would agree with me in that. Peter said, thou art the Christ. John, however, had a true revelation what happened with John. I think if anyone was privileged to be one of the 12 and we had a choice of who we'd like to be, I think many of us would choose John. John lived the longest and, and, and understood the most. He had a tremendous insight of all the gospels. I love them all, but of all the gospels, I truly love to read the, the gospel of John because John has such an insight to Jesus. Now they were all at the they were all at the table at the Last Supper, but here we again, John, John's leaning in. It's John. It's 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 John that's leaning on his shoulder. Amen. I, I don't know about you today, but I want to be in that inner part. Amen. I don't want anything to get between me and the Lord. Amen, I don't want anything between me and my relationship with the Lord. There's nothing that we could ever involve ourselves in that will be worth it in the end. I've said it so many, many times through the years, there is nothing you will not have to give up today to serve the Lord that you will not have to give up to go to hell. Amen. Just think about that for a moment. So it's, well, I just don't know if I can quit drinking. You will one day. I don't know, this party life, man, it's, I'm just, well, you will give that up one day. Amen, you will not have to give up one thing to go to heaven that you won't ultimately have to give up to go to hell. Amen, and so John said, I've just got to find, I, I know that we're all here at the table, but I, I, and I know some are sitting, but I got to lean in. I want to hear his heartbeat. I want to feel his breath. I want to. I want something to move me. I don't want the Lord to always have to shake me by the nap of the neck to get my attention. But I just want to. I just want to be so in tune and and sensitized to the Spirit and the power and the presence of the Lord that we hear that. Amen. That inner circle. This is where you truly become transformed to the point of living for God, for God. Amen. His word is spirit. His word and spirit work in us and they create in us a new creature. Amen. We don't live for ourselves, but we live for the cause of the kingdom. This is the level where Paul spoke of his unwavering desire to follow in Philippians 1. Philippians 1 and verse 21, the Bible says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. For I am in a strait betwixt two. Now listen. He said, I am in a strait betwixt two. Having desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He said, I'm just in a strait here. I've got two worlds that are pulling at my heart at the same time. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. No question about it. It was life in Christ. 
This is the level where you begin to really mine out some of that spiritual gold. This is where we discover those treasures that are hidden in the field. It's where you find that there is no reason to be anxious because you learn that in everything, by prayer and supplication or asking, we make our requests known to him. He will give us peace and he will give us answers. Paul told the Philippians that to remain in this life, he said, was more needful for them. So I'm just gonna stay here for you. Now that is so unselfish. Amen. This is where we begin to realize that the blessings of God are not just for our enjoyment. God's just not trying to bedazzle us by making us feel good. Amen. It's a far more eternal weight of glory. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, the same writer, Paul, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight. You can't view this life as a moment until you truly know that you're gonna be with him for eternity. Amen, we then begin to understand life in perspective that this is just a small snapshot. Amen. At this point, we begin to see trials that are sent our way to form us and strengthen us and make us who we are or just light afflictions. That's what Paul said. He wasn't some twisted, demented guy that didn't really know how to look at life correctly. He just understood it in context. This is just a small, small journey. When all of us were children, and at some point all of us were children, There's nothing bigger than the moment we're living in. Our first day in kindergarten. It can be a wonderful experience for some, a traumatic experience for others. And it just seems like the end of the world for some. But as a parent, we understand that it's just a snapshot. This is just a few steps in a few months but months in the mind of a child that age are equal to decades. But we understand that before you know it, and, and how many of us who are not in school now and not, perhaps not in school, maybe you don't have even children in school anymore, or even perhaps some of you, even grandchildren in school, you just realize the school's already started. And then we say things like, you're already out for Christmas break? School's over when? We're so detached from it until we can see it in context that it's really just moving at warp speed, but to those who are getting on that yellow torpedo every morning, it's just never ending. The grind, the grind, the grind. It will just never end. Paul saw life in context and he called it a light affliction. Amen, because he understood I'm connected to something much, much bigger than that. Amen, I want you to stand if you will. The writer of Hebrews said it this way. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed by so great a cloud of witnesses. Some of you are already finishing this in your mind. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us.
and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The writer of Hebrews understood life in context, given that we are compassed by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let's keep our heads straight. Let's keep our shoulders square. Lay aside sin, obviously, but he also mentioned weights that just they're not going to be good for you in the end. Just lay it down. Just lay it down. Let go of his, let go of that. I think I could even say to let go of the hem of his garment and just start looking at him. And in him we have fullness. The simplicity of Jesus is that is that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. You see, some, some stop looking at the Lord altogether, and, and this is where other things start creeping in our lives. And when you let go of a relationship with him, it's a real struggle to get to church because you've lost a relationship with him and now church is just something on the calendar. Amen? When you let go of him and we fall out of love with him, then we, we no longer view prayer as a lifeline and a, and a way of keeping continuity between heaven and earth, but we look at prayer, it's a chore. It's, it's like taking out the trash. It's, it's time to do that again. We look at our, our, our giving and we think, oh, it's, it's just such a big thing, such a chore, so much to ask because we've gotten disconnected from him, the way, the truth, the life. Amen. Not understanding and forgetting so quickly that this is where the Lord blesses. Amen. We look at the house of God and, and we fall out of love with worship and praise and, and fellowship, not understanding that this is our lifeline. This is our lifeline. But when you maintain that level of consecration and we understand that I, I just need to be here and can I tell you, it's not because I want a gold star by my name or a check mark by my name. I just want to be here because I need, I need to be in the presence of the Lord and I need to be in the presence of my brothers and sisters and so amen life is life now is not living just for ourselves I'm going to speak to the church just in closing closing moments it's not where we come to the front to just try to pray through again and again and again and again and again for ourselves but where we're at the front praying for somebody else to get their victory and somebody else to come into that right relationship with the Lord you see, the further we go from him, the less like him we are. But if we come near him, we can find him. Amen. We can still go and fight our battles, but it won't be about us. We're going to fight that in the spirit of the Lord and not in our flesh because we're going to be submitted back to the truth. Amen. The truth. Our battles are for higher ground and our calling. And so I want to get in that position. I want to read one more passage of scripture and John 21 and 16, the Lord speaking to Simon Peter. He's a man who had denied him three times and so now the Lord asked him the same question three times. And he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And 
he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. Of the three times that Jesus spoke these words to Simon Peter, the second time, he uses the Greek word that means feed, not just feed, but to feed, care for, and protect my sheep. The first and third times was just to feed, just to merely feed. But now he shows them that there is a progression in the role that he is to play. And I believe today for all of us there is a progression that God doesn't just want us to be here for the sake of being here, but he's wanting to do something in our lives. And so with every call, God just adds another dimension, another layer, amen, another level of responsibility. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And today, that is the simplicity of Jesus. Amen. You can live for him. The devil would love to convince you otherwise. You can live for him. To our young people, I'll tell you that you can live for him in your youth. The devil would try to convince you otherwise, but you can live for him in your youth. You don't have to run your life aground, amen, and then try to make your way back. We can live for him unspotted from this world. And if you have fallen, can I admonish you of one thing today? Get up. Amen. If you have stumbled, just get your balance. Amen. Come to the house of God. Let somebody else bring some stability, lend some stability to your life. We can make it. If it's appropriate, just lay hands on the person next to you and let's pray together. Amen. For for the Lord to give us the strength, the power, and the anointing and the authority that we need today. God, we understand your word. Lord, you are answering a sincere question from a man named Thomas. You gave him a sincere answer by saying, amen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I pray, Lord, that we will fall in love with the way, the truth, and the life, and that you would, in fact, impart into us the power to stand, the power to stay, Amen, the Holy Ghost is in this house today and if you don't have the Holy Ghost, he can baptize you with the Holy Ghost right where you stand. Amen, if you, if you need another and a fresh touch from the Lord, he can give you that fresh touch right right where you stand today. We don't, we don't need anything else in this house this morning outside of Jesus. We need nothing else. We need nothing else in this place today outside of his strong hand to reach down and to touch and change us by his authority and by his grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God, praise God. He is the way, the truth, the life. The easiest thing you will ever do is lay down that hold of sin and say, I'm gonna turn and I'm gonna walk this way. So, well, I don't understand a few things. Well, that's all right. You just keep walking. And as you keep walking, God will open your eyes. Amen. Yes, he will. I'm hearing, yes, he will. I'm hearing, yes, he will in this congregation because people have been right there, right there. I'm gonna tell you that some of these people that you look around today and they look like they are just... They've got it all together and they've always had it all together. Can I tell you, that's not true. I'm not trying to put anybody's business in the street. 
We've all staggered and struggled and fumbled and fallen down, but they just kept getting up. Amen. And what they didn't understand and what they didn't know, God just gave that to them in pieces that they could digest. Amen. That's where we, and that's where we find ourselves today, a long way from where we started. But I intend to keep walking with him. Praise God. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for your word. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.